Hello, welcome to the Podiatry Podcast, a regular podcast where podiatrists get together to discuss all the important issues relating to your foot health. My name is Tim Vesey Smith. I'm a podiatrist based in Kent in the United Kingdom. And joining me on the podcast today is Diane Ashcroft from Warrington in the UK. Hello, Hello. Diane. How are you doing? Hello, I'm fine. Thank you, Tim. How's Charlie yourself? Good? Oh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. And uh, also joining me is Dave James from Kidderminster near sunny Birmingham. Hello, Dave. How are you doing? I'm very well. Just, just being very careful with the suntan lotion tonight as well. <laughs> it's typically tropical up there, is it? Oh, it's, I think it's beautiful. Beautiful. We, we never get weather like this. Excellent. <laughs> Good to know. So um, for our subject in this podcast today, we're going to be talking about school shoes. Um, obviously, this you know, right now... Uh, kids going back to school, uh, sorting out uniforms and especially shoes. So we thought we'd have a little roundtable discussion about that from a podiatry point of view and uh, hopefully come up with some tips for um, parents who are looking to uh, get school shoes for kids whose feet have grown, what have you. So uh, Diane's going to kick us off on this one. So uh, over to you, Diane. Well, I'm pretty opinionated about school shoes and um, there's a school at the top of my road and when my kids were going to primary school and we used to walk up there, I, it used to really make my heart ache to watch so many children wearing what I consider to be unsuitable shoes because they were very unsupportive. Things like ballet type of pumps and you know, non-fastening shoes, slip-on type shoes. And, you know, you hear so much about schools having shoe policies and clearly they're either not enforcing those policies or the policies are actually not driven towards having what I consider to be healthy shoes. So what I wanted to do was touch base with a lot of parents really and find out what their issues were in terms of selecting school shoes so were the drivers more economical you know they were buying whatever was the cheapest at the local I don't know shoe express or whatever or were they more interested in getting something that was substantial that uh, fitted the foot was fitted to the foot might be more expensive but perhaps have a bit of longer longevity Unfortunately, I didn't manage to complete the project that I wanted to do because I was going to do uh, some interviews and stuff and I hadn't figured out the technology. But it got me thinking along those lines and um, I talked to a few podiatrists about it. And interestingly, most of them, pretty much like me, uh, are dictators in their households uh, in terms of what school shoes they permit their kids to wear. So um, I guess... A lot of my knowledge is skewed by that. But um, yeah, interestingly, I think it's unusual these days for parents to get children's feet measured once they get into high school level. And if the child themselves decides that they want a particular type of shoe, like a ballet pump, then oftentimes the parents aren't in a position to say no or don't exercise that kind of parental um, position. I don't know what Dave's experience of that is. He's got uh, kids as similar as age as mine. I actually think I'm fairly lucky and probably probably go down the dictator route with you as well in that, that what I say goes. Although my daughter, who's now 12, is getting taller by the day, 
And I think at some point she's just going to be able to tell me what I'll be wearing instead. But, but no, we, we had the, <laughs> we had the trip. It'd be very interesting. Yeah. We, we had the trip to the local shoe shop on Saturday morning. So only a couple of days ago. Um, and uh, yeah, irony always dictates that all three of them need new school shoes. And the boys, Ooh, expensive. I know, this is why I cut my own hair. Um, you know, I can't afford to go to can't afford to go to a barber's to get it done anymore. But the boys actually weren't too weren't too bad. My youngest has just stepped up to the the older part of the school, and because of that, he now has to have shoes which look less like trainers and more like shoes. But we found something to fit him quite nicely. My oldest boy didn't have any problems at all. He we found something of him pretty much straight away. My daughter, on the other hand, there was a little bit more choice, and we certainly got more towards shoes which I would consider to be not appropriate for her for her needs. So things which are a little less supportive, thinner soles, are not going to last, you know, half a term, let alone you know until her feet grow to the next size. Although mm-hmm. she is slowing down, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So consequently, we had the no, I want those shoes. And we're going, no, 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 you, you've got to have these ones or these yeah. ones or these ones. She actually ended up in boy's shoes, which was, which was quite interesting. So she's wearing wow. exactly the same shoes as, her, as the older of the two boys, just in a slightly different mm. width fitting. And she loves cool. them. She absolutely adores them. So I have to say, I think we're very, very lucky. But, but in talking to the, the, the lovely lady who measured all of their feet in the shop, she, she kind of echoed a lot of that you know, the stuff you talked about before, Diane, that parents often cannot refuse their children. And she, she told me a story about a, um, a, a family who came in where they brought shoes out for this child and this child was younger than two. And the conversation went something like, oh no, they can't wear those. They, they won't like wearing those shoes, which I thought <laughs> was really interesting because surely, you know, that young, you would be dictating what your child wanted to wear so there's a, there's a huge amount of pressure from society there's a huge amount of pressure from footwear companies and a huge amount of pressure on, you know from children on parents as to as to what to wear so now i know with tim you've got you've got older children haven't you so you, you probably don't have the same issues that we have well yeah i mean i've got uh, two teenage boys so obviously boys are generally easier to get shoes for. But let me tell you, I have absolutely no influence as a health professional on what my boys wear on their feet whatsoever. You know, the very idea that they would take any advice from their dad as to what to put on their feet would be just, you know, no way. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's kind of interesting because the, uh, mainly boys that age want to wear trainers anyway. So they're in their Nike Airs, which you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with. But um, yeah, I mean, it can be a challenge you know getting getting the right shoes getting the right supported shoes and also what i find you know as as they grow up is the rate of wear and tear i mean not not just the you know not talking about sort of going up a size but you know how how short they they last you know they 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 just fall to bits um the sort of quality of the school shoes that that seem to be out there um, no matter how you know how much you pay and how careful you are, they just fall to pieces. So I think you know one of the issues is you know obviously is, is getting a good foot, and, um, getting a good fit, and you're getting the feet measured, etc. But it's finding a pair that are going to last sort of sometimes more than a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when they get bigger and heavier, and you know that that could be a real <laughs> challenge. Um, you know, just just on that level, I'm never sure whether it's you know because the manufacturing quality of shoes is not as good as it used to be. 
um, even if you buy Clarks or something like that, or whether it's just the fact that you know teenage boys will just destroy them. Um, I think that's a real challenge for yeah. you know, both I for mean, foot health and, and, and for obvious reasons of economics for certain parents. So often a challenge when a, you know, when a child walks in with a completely clapped out shoe and you look at it and think, wow, you know, how are you even walking about in this? But it's probably, you know, sometimes, well, only bought them a few weeks ago and they're ruined. <laughs> so, you know, that, that can definitely be a challenge. Yeah, well, there's no legislating for the fact that they won't undo the laces before they put them on <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, in is and out. there? Yeah. yeah, so... Shoes on and off with no laces undone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think we've certainly found it much easier now that my my eldest lad has bigger feet than his mother. So he's into adult <laughs> sizes. So we, we can start to look at things like trainers, mm. which are in the adult section, which are infinitely better quality than probably the, you know, the children's counterparts that you would get from yeah. your, your mainstream shops. And That's what we're getting into now, yeah. Yeah, and, and, exactly and that. actually that's made a big difference. And we, we had mm. a lot, my youngest has got some what I would call kind of mainstream trainers and his old pair of trainers, we put them up next to them and they just, they're just falling apart. He's mm -hmm. the quality on them is not particularly good, but it's become easier as their feet have got bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Have, have either of you had to uh, get involved with any schools directly to um, ambassador for a patient or client or child or child of client to enable them to perhaps waive or give some leeway on the uh, regulation that trainers are not permitted, perhaps? Yeah, funny you should say that, Diane, because I did actually have a situation um, just the other week that, that, that presented itself. And um, this is where we get into the area of, obviously, of foot problems that children might have, which I think is beyond the scope of this discussion, because it's quite a big subject. Yeah, in and of itself, which is something we yeah. might cover in, you know, in a future podcast. But uh, in this case, what we were dealing with was a young teenage girl with with foot pain, and the cause of her foot pain was, um, you know, was a foot that was, um, you know, to use a layman's term, was was somewhat flat, and uh, <clears throat> there was some muscle fatigue, and um, you know, overload of the tissues, and the challenge for you know. For, for that young girl was to, you know, the first thing is to get her foot supported and kind of unload those tissues. Um, so clearly the best shoe for her in that situation will be a trainer type shoe that has cushioning support. And, and in fact, you know, she'd said to me that she felt a lot more comfortable, you know, and she had less foot pain in a trainer. Uh, obviously she's school age going to school. It's not part of the dress code. So, um, so what I did was um, I was working with the mum was just wrote a short letter to the school, you know, explaining that she had foot pain. Uh, we're looking to source some kind of support for her school shoes. But in the meantime, you know, could she wear trainers? Would that be okay? Just while we sorted out some medical devices to give her foot some better support. And, uh, and that was absolutely fine. She's, you know, she's wearing trainers. She's a lot more comfortable. In the meantime, we're, you know, we're, we're sorting out some, uh, some supports for her, which, which we call orthotics just to um just to support her foot a little bit better and help to relieve her foot pain but that's the kind of thing that um you know as foot health professionals we we do on a regular basis and i'm sure you guys have had the same you know had the same experiences and most mostly the school are quite happy to uh, to kind of go along with that 
So, so that's interesting that Tim. So, so that particular school had no problem in agreeing to that particular pupil, you know, wavering from the dress code for that kind of medical reason then. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I guess if, if, you know, a year on from that point, she was still going to school with trainers, there might be another conversation, you know, um, you know, why she's still wearing trainers. And it, it, it's absolutely an, an interim measure while you know, we look to sort of, you know, support the foot a little bit better. And uh, in fact, th- there was no real issue with her school shoes. They, um, you know, she'd sort of gone from, you know, wearing very sort of unsupportive ballet pump type shoes to mm-hmm. only manage to persuade her to go into a more supportive lace up type of shoe. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that's going to do the job, you know, a supportive shoe in her case with an orthotic device, support the foot is, you know, pretty confident it's going to uh, sort of foot play out, but it's ongoing. Interesting. Interesting. Um, oh God, the dreaded ballet shoes. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, they should <laughs> be banned. Pumps. Don't oh. we love them, eh? Oh, please. Damn. Never had a problem in our house with them at all. <laughs> what if they don't do with my size, I suppose? But um, they don't suit you, Dave. But no, we we've never had an issue. We have never had an issue. I mean, we when my daughter's feet got as big as my wife's, um, there was the what she used to do is she used to turn around and and actually borrow her shoes. So we'd have the odd kind of heeled shoe or sandal going on. But it was it was you know, it wasn't you know it wasn't very often. Just going back to what what Tim was talking about in terms of. Um, writing to the schools to get them involved in terms of footwear. It's not just in terms of foot pain, but if you have your, your patients who've maybe had nail surgery or something along those lines where they need to wear a shoe which is a little bit wider. That is that can, ingrowing toenail type stuff, Dave? Ingrowing toenails, absolutely, where you've, you've got a big dressing on there which needs a little bit more accommodation. So, yeah, and, and liaising with the schools is important as well as actually going out to the schools to talk to them about foot health, which I think you've done as well recently, Diane. I know you went, did you go out to a school? Yeah, I went to a school to talk about podiatry as a career, really, talking to the year 10s. But obviously, I did, you know, we take every and any opportunity to uh, promote uh, the the thinking, the logic behind making sensible foot choices. It's not that we just want to rain on people's fashion parade. We actually want to prevent them developing problems that are going to cause them problems in later life. And unfortunately, you know, yeah. it's hard for me to remember being that young these days i'm 57 but um it's it's not one of the things that people uh think about is getting older when they're young is it yeah okay good stuff well i hope there's been some useful stuff there i think that's probably a good place to leave it for this episode um i hope you found this podcast helpful it's our first podcast so um was looking to improve and uh, make it a useful podcast for everybody to listen to. We'll, we'll be back soon with more important topics related to your foot health. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay updated. And of course, spread the word to anyone you think may benefit from our, uh, our ramblings. And of course, if you have any questions, then you know, feel free to ask us. So Diane, how can people get in touch with you if they have any questions? Well, uh, they can contact me through the contact uh, link on my website, laneendspodiatry.co.uk, or they can contact me via my Facebook page, my business Facebook page, which is also Lane Ends Podiatry. Great. And Dave, how can people get hold of you? Uh, very similar ways as well. Um, you've got the dave at walkfootcare.co.uk is a direct email through to me obviously there's the website and there's the facebook page as well which is walk foot care and messages are always welcome through there as well 
fantastic and, and it'd be great know. if people have any questions that we want to hear us talk about absolutely yeah always good to hear your questions and uh, any thoughts any feedback you have about the podcast so um that's about it for now if you want to get hold of me you can contact me at info at activepodiatry.co.uk or you can go to my website activepodiatry.co.uk or you can contact me on facebook at active podiatry clinics so that's all for now thanks for listening and we'll uh, talk to you again soon thank you very much bye bye